Yes, welcome in. Thursday edition. How we doing, everybody? First hour presented by Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They will do great work for you. Tim Lasher, great sooner, great company. 405-579-3113. You need heating and air needs addressed. They will get it done for you at a great price with a very professional crew coming out to do business with you. Parker Thune, how we doing? Everything good? Feel good on a Thursday? I feel all right on a Thursday, Steely, and I just want to just want to emphasize: today is Thursday, not Friday. I know there seems I put, to be a little miscommunication within the studios. You know, here. I don't know who I am, where I am, or what I'm doing most of the time these days, and I put the wrong date in. I usually get here about nine, maybe nine thirty at the latest, and start editing audio clips and thinking about what we're going to do and that kind of stuff. And I put the wrong date in. And uh, Parker came in, hey, you know, you're a day ahead, right? I'm like, uh, yeah, because I put the wrong date in yesterday, so I just went with the wrong date today, too. And I'll go with the wrong date tomorrow as well. And it'll all reset when we got Saturday and Sunday. That's so, right. You know what? So, it all comes out in the wash in the end. The clips are labeled today 2-24, and it's 2-23. So, anyway, welcome in, everybody. I, I guess uh, people think Wanye Morris is coming back to OU. Yeah, we, we, why? Why? Like, how did anyone read that tweet last night and think, oh, yeah, Wanye Morris is coming back? How did anyone interpret what he tweeted as an announcement of a return to Oklahoma? I don't know. My explanation might anger some people, so I'm not sure uh, I can do that. Go I'll, ahead, yeah, okay. anger some people, Steely. Go no, ahead. Because most people are stupid, all okay, right? Well, I mean, that is the reason. Most people are anxious and most people are stupid. Yeah. Not all, not our listeners, of course, but those people who are like, big news, he's coming back. The ref army is not so easily fooled. No, the ref army, they, uh, I mean, uh, the members of this army are brilliant. Absolutely. All of them Einsteins, but it, uh, the 580 is asking you this, though, because the video ended with OU-branded logos. Okay. He opted out of the bowl game. Will you they apologize rec- if he comes back? Oh, I will. I will offer profound apologies. So you're saying there is... That dude opted out of the bowl game. Went to the Senior Bowl. Went to the Senior Bowl. Is actively preparing for the pre-draft process, and in the meantime, Oklahoma went out and effectively recruited over him, or recruited in replacement of him. I will have to apologize, too, because uh, I just called uh, other people outside the ref army not very smart. I called them stupid, so I might have to issue a huge apology if it happens. Is he going to the combine? I can't remember if... Did if, he get an invite? I'm trying to remember if he's going or not. I have that list somewhere in 9,000 sheets of paper. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, uh, if anything comes of that. But when I saw it, I, I, it looked a little unusual. All right, the exact tweet. I have the exact tweet here. And uh, let me see exactly what it said. Married to the game and I can't break a happy home. Translation. I, I I don't even know what the proper translation for that would be, actually. But when he says, I can't break a happy home, he's not talking about coming back to Oklahoma. He's talking about his relationship with the sport of football, i.e. married to the game. Okay. Has nothing to do with Oklahoma. I and am... people referenced the Michael Turk situation a few years back. 
Michael Turk got his eligibility reinstated after the NFL Combine in what was literally a watershed ruling by the NCAA. Michael Turk was the first player in history to have his eligibility reinstated after going through the pre-draft process, appearing at the Combine, mm-hmm. and going undrafted. Yeah, and, and the thought is, does does Wanye Morris even have any eligibility left? Yes. Yes, he, does. he would have one. Like one COVID year? Yes. Is that what it is? Okay, and look, I guess I can see when you look at the video and there's a bunch of OU stuff there, a ton of OU stuff there, and then it does end with OU, the Jumpman logo and OU DNA and all that stuff. So um, I, I guess I could see where there might be a question, but you do not think it is happening that he is still going to pursue pro football. No, especially because he opted out of the bowl game. I just want to underline and underscore that. He opted out of the bowl game. If Marvin Mims, just to pick one example, decided, you know what, I'm going to appeal to return to Oklahoma and I'm going to do my best. I made a mistake declaring for the draft, but I'm going to do my best to get back in at Oklahoma. You know what? I have no doubt that the staff would honor that and make a spot for Marvin Mims. Will because you, he played in the bowl game. He didn't quit on the team. Will you sign this document, this legal document? We'll have it notarized that you will apologize if he comes back. Gladly. Because Kendall is saying his sources are telling him that he's coming back. The question is, Kendall, who are Kendall's sources? In the words of Mike Gundy, that ain't true. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, I'm signing the document right now. All right. There we go. He's signing it, folks. We'll see. I mean, you never know. I Look, I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Not at all. Okay. Uh, we did find out, by the way, at the spring game, Kyler Murray's Heisman statue dedication. Do That's we have happening. any idea what the pose is going to look like? Baby Yoda? The Mandalorian and then <laughs> Kyler Murray, a little Kyler Murray floating right behind him. Is that what we're looking at for Kyler? I don't know. But, yes, the statue dedication is coming back. By the way, T-Row on the T-Row in the Morning Show, T-Row and TJ had Joe C. on today. The Sooner AD talked about Oklahoma, Texas. You know, Chris Del Conte uh, told some reporters again earlier in the week that he is pushing and wanting the SEC to put Oklahoma and Texas at 230 starting in 2024, the Sooners and Horns' first year in the SEC, and hopeful that would be the starting time going forward for the rest of time. We'll see. Here's what Joe C. said about the OU Texas 2.30 kickoff situation with T-Row this morning. I've heard it once. I've heard it thousands and thousands of times how much our fans love the uh, Red River game at 2.30. And that's what they got used to for Decades, uh, we didn't have as many tele on in a, in a two thirty, three thirty window for the most part, and so that's what everybody loved. Uh, obviously, gives them a chance to you know make more of a weekend out of it, um, and uh, we think that'd be a great you know a great uh, time slot. That being said, I don't know that it will stay in that time slot permanently. I, I, uh, you know, I'm still learning more and more about the new television agreements inside the SEC, and uh, with ESPN as their full partner, there's there are going to be, you know, a, a number of exciting things develop. Now, the one thing that we have said.
forever is that we won't move that game to prime time in the evening. That's just not going to happen. And it's just uh, too much going on around the state fair to play that game at night. And so uh, it has to be either 11 or 2.30. But I do agree that the 2.30 would be the ideal time you know, depending on how things work out. No doubt, and we'll see if it's going to happen. I would expect that it probably will happen. And as Josie said, we don't know that it'll always be in that time slot, but I think there's a good chance uh, that it's going to be in that time slot uh, more often than not, hopefully, moving forward. I think Sooner fans would certainly like that. All right, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. On the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, Patrick uh, chiming in early. Will the statues show Kyler playing video games? Sitting there playing Call Low of Duty. Low blow. Low-hanging fruit. It's not a bad line, no. It's not it's a bad It's pretty line. good. Pretty not good. Well line. done, Patrick. I mean, we all kind of thought what we knew Baker's. We, we thought maybe the flag plants, right, initially. But I don't know what the, uh, the one, like, moment that you would point to with Kyler. Do you? Maybe I'm missing one. Uh, I mean, he had so many of them. I don't, I don't know. There were several occasions where he would extend the ball and do that little leap over the goal line. You know, yeah, maybe that's it's true. maybe it's something in that vein. Uh, but no, you know, you think of Baker. He had so many iconic moments. The flag plant, most notably. But with Kyler, I think he was just so all around spectacular and so subdued in the way that he went about his business that. Even though his season was statistically better than Baker's, and even though that Oklahoma offense as a whole was statistically better than the ones that Mayfield ran points on, there just weren't as there and there aren't as many moments that stick out in your mind from the year of Murray as there are from the Mayfield era. People are agreeing with you. Uh, Kyler skipping over the goal line. Yeah, yep, there you I, go. that, that probably be the one. We should have got uh, the crotch grab for Baker. That would have been nice. You don't think so? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out People how to respond to that. People were adjusting their radios like, what happened, man? It went out. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, the entire uh, – imagine driving by Heisman Park and you have a stone Baker Mayfield looking you dead in the eyes and grabbing his crotch. How about – I don't think that's what anyone wants or needs. Kyler Murray sitting on the Cotton Bowl turf and being consoled by Sam Ellinger. Remember that moment where he I, came over to like to shake his hand or whatever, and it was like, yeah, Kyler was pretty distraught after that. He game. was very distraught. He hadn't lost a game in like you know his entire football career, pretty much up to that, right? Never lost one in Allen. And he, yeah, I mean, how do you process losing a game? I don't think he'd ever done that. Well, right? he did it at A and M. Well, when he that's started true. briefly at A and M. That was I guess kind of a true. rocky year for them. But no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would say, and several people have agreed on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle phrased it like this, the little leap over the goal line like he had a crocodile nipping at his heels. Very good. All right. Well, that seems Very to be the visually. one that people are pointing towards. So we'll see uh, when the spring game rolls around. What is it, April 22nd, I think, again, for the spring game? Yeah, let's just and not the- make it something completely milk toast. Let's just make sure that it looks like Kyler Murray. <laughs> that's the number one thing 
Sometimes I look at these statues and I'm like, eh, that's no Michelangelo right there. Or Donatello, that is, okay. I, I guess the deal on Baker, until you get up close again, it kind of looks like, is that Baker? Okay, yeah, okay. You get close, it looks like Baker. All right, break time right here. Thanks again to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. On the Air Comfort Solutions text line, you guys are lighting it up right now. Keep it going. Let's talk a little more Sooner football when we get back here on The Ref. Back with you Thursday edition. Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. On Friday, the Oklahoma men's baseball team takes on Ryder University, 3 o'clock. $5 general admission tickets. Also Friday, the women's gymnastics team, K.J. Kindler and her great team hosting West Virginia at 645. It's whiteout night, $2 sodas, small popcorn, 12-ounce beers. Four or two dollars, heck of a deal. First 150 fans receive a voucher for a OU Women's Gymnastics coffee cup that can be picked up after the meet. Saturday, the women's uh, hoop team plays Texas for first place in the Big 12 at one o'clock. One thousand white rally towels will be handed out. Plus, there will be 500 Maddie Williams banners handed out as well. For tickets, visit Soonersports.com. This Sooner Weekly Update brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. Contact them at 405-329-1940. A lot of newcomers on this Sooner football team, no doubt about it. Uh, Once everybody gets here in the 2023 class with the uh, portal arrivees, and keep in mind there could be some more portal people coming in after spring, right? But as of now, that number is at 37. Here is Brent talking about the newcomers so far. What I've seen through four weeks with this group of guys, and we're doing everything from segments and walkthroughs and uh, just a lot of learning the playbooks on both both sides of the ball. I've seen a great competitive depth, um, young men that chase excellence, football instincts, and and, and really strong football intelligence, both with the high school and with the transfers. So, uh, you know, meeting the needs where, where we need, uh, you know, again, just going back, uh, the 37 guys that we're bringing in, and again, we've dressed the line, lines of scrimmage with 15 uh, offensive and defensive linemen, nine def- defensive linemen and six offensive linemen, uh, five linebackers, eight DBs uh, as well, uh, both, both safety and at corner, three tight ends, two running backs, uh, three wide receivers, and certainly uh, a quarterback in Jackson Arnold. All right, and uh, you heard Brent talk about uh, the line of scrimmage. And obviously, Parker, you were there, and he emphasized that big time because that's where the Sooners need to make most of their improvement on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And look, Bill Beatenbow's had some excellent offensive lines. And uh, again, last year's offensive line, pretty good. You know, not not just tremendous, but pretty good. Um, But that's where, you know, the Georgias and the Alabamas, who are, you know, leading the charge in college football right now, tend to dominate. And, yes, they've had great quarterbacks. Well, at least Alabama has. And I think Stetson Bennett has been, you know, a a good, solid quarterback for Georgia. But it's those offensive and defensive lines uh, that really, when you look at when Oklahoma's been in some of these semifinal matchups, that have been the area where they've been really outclassed. Sure. But I also think there's – a symbiotic relationship between all three levels of defense, right? And we've heard Venables talk about that in the past. 
the reality is we've seen Oklahoma have some top-tier talent on the defensive line in years past. When you think about guys like Benito, Isaiah Thomas, Perion Winfrey, Neville Gallimore, what have you. But the secondary was remarkably weak at that point in time. And so regardless of how much firepower you had in the trenches, you know, you rewind to 2019 when Joe Burrow went bombs away on OU for eight touchdown passes in a college football playoff semifinal. That's just not something that should happen. And I get that Burrow and the Tigers were a runaway freight train that year. But still, 63 points. And it felt like it could have been 100. And it could have been 100. It could have been 100. Oklahoma has never, I would say, going back a decade plus, they've never been able to have a strong defensive backfield and a strong defensive front simultaneously. And I don't think they need to be elite in either of those categories. I think simply being above average in both the defensive backfield and on the defensive front are going to yield some really compelling, tough defenses. Because, again, you think about the symbiotic relationship between a defensive line and a defensive backfield in particular. It makes everybody's job easier when the defensive backs can hold their own down the field and they don't have to hold their assignments nearly as long when you got guys that are getting pressure on the quarterback. And so I think we saw OU's defense a year ago take a step up in the secondary, but I think it was a step back as far as the defensive line play was concerned. And to a certain extent, that's understandable because you lost Winfrey and Thomas and Benito. And so there was a lot of new blood, a lot of fresh faces on that defensive front in terms of guys that were starting on a full-time basis for the first time. But if Oklahoma's going to take that next step in 2023, to me it starts with who emerges on the defensive line because I'm confident in this secondary. And I don't know if I've ever been able they to They might that. have a chance to be as good at safety over the next couple of years and even possibly this year, depending on how quickly Peyton Bowen emerges – but they've got a chance to be really good there, and that room looks pretty deep. What do you think about corner? You've got you start with Woody, and I guess Jaden Davis. What do you think about that spot depth wise? Safety looks pretty good. I think the one guy we've all kind of overlooked and forgotten about, as far as cornerback is concerned, is Jaden Rowe. And maybe he's a cheetah, maybe he's a safety. I don't think the OU defensive staff really knows where exactly he fits yet, but. He's a supremely athletic player who's got a background as a true corner in high school. Gentry Williams, probably the odds-on favorite to start opposite Woody Washington, but I think Kendall Dolby is going to certainly be in the mix there. And I think Makari Vickers is going to push for playing time in year one as well because he is physically ready, six foot two, 185 pounds, number six cornerback in the country in the class of 2023 if my memory serves me correctly. So that's a guy that's going to come in and have the capacity to contribute immediately at the cornerback position. And opposite Woody, you got a bunch of guys that I think I and others are high on. I believe, you know, there's there's going to be at least one of that group, Gentry, Kanai Walker, Kendall Dolby, Jaden Davis, Jaden Rowe, etc., there's going to be at least one guy that emerges opposite Woody to give you a really solid one-two punch yeah, in the corner position. Think so. Just don't necessarily know who that's going to be yet. 
All right, uh, 405-651-3439 and the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Did you know that uh, Aaron Rodgers has emerged uh, from his uh, dark retreats? Yeah, so this just came across my Twitter feed, mm-hmm. I guess. Adam Schefter tweeted, The room in which Aaron Rodgers spent his time is a partially underground, hobbit-like structure with 300 square feet of space, devoid of light, with a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation-like mat on the floor. Hmm. I don't think I could do a dark retreat. In fact, I know I couldn't do a dark retreat. I might last, maybe I could do about an hour, but that's it. What is it, three days, I think it is? I think he was doing 72 hours, yeah. Hmm. Couldn't do it. I would see there would be evil visions or something that I would see. I would see, like, visions of mule shoe or something, and it would be terrifying. Hey, I just don't think I could do it. At least you'd have a chance to exercise those demons. Maybe that's what uh, – maybe do they have an exorcist available if needed with some holy water? and a, I don't know. Broken Arrow Fat Boy on the text line says, don't <laughs> gloss over the fact that our linebackers were pitiful last year. Pitiful is not the word I would use. How about not up to snuff? Not good enough. Yeah, sure. Not up to snuff, but also massively overworked. The depth wasn't really good there. It was non-existent. Yeah, it really was. And look, I, I think a, some of that, I think that Danny Stutzman, and Brent said he was the best player on the defense, yeah. but you saw him out of position a lot, uh, you know, Bad angles, just some of the the technical mistakes they made made it even worse. But I do think that Danny Stutzman, by the time he's said and done with his career at Oklahoma, is going to be one of the top linebackers, uh, you know, in the country. I'm not saying he's going to win the Butkus or anything, but he has that kind of ability. I don't think there's any doubt. But he's got to get uh, he's got to get better. There's no question in terms of assignments and uh, you know angles and gaps and all of that stuff. Uh, I think uh, because physically he's there, there is no doubt. I think he loves the game. He's got the energy to play the game, certainly has the speed and ability uh, to play the game, but it's more about, you know, just the technical stuff, I think, than anything else right now, it appears, for Danny Stutzman. All right, when we get back, we are going to talk a little Sooner football and OU basketball with John Shin covering the Sooners for the Athletic. We'll do that on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. It's Thursday. Thanks for getting together with us. Coming right back here on The Ref. We are back. Good to have you with us. Love this song. I mean, that's some early, really early rush right there. Like about as early as you can get. Like it, though. Riverwind Casino Hotline. We'll bring us John Shin here in just a second. Riverwind Beats and Bites. The Outdoor Concert Series is coming back. Presented by Riverwind and Coop Aleworks. May 27th, we will kick off the festivities with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Colts. Then on June 10th, how about the Gin Blossoms, Tonic and Soul Asylum, July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And then August 26th, Gary Allen will be on the Beach and Bite stage. You've got great local food trucks everywhere. It's a kid-friendly environment. 
craft beer, the best from a great local brewery, of course, and Coop Ale Works. Bring your folding chairs, bring your appetite, and uh, bring your excitement for some great music. Beats and Bites 2023 is coming, and again, it all starts May 27th with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cold. You also want to get out to Riverwind this Saturday when they do the uh, final drawing for the 75K Love to Get Away promotion. Uh, just before midnight, you'll have five patrons who will win $5,000 each. Get out there, play with your wild card, and in preliminary drawings, they're giving away a ton of cash and bonus play as well. You always want to be at Riverwind. Sometimes you just look on the website and the promotions, and they give you a roadmap on how to get the most entries. It's simple, by playing with your wild card as much as you can. But get out there Saturday night, and maybe you'll win one of those five $5,000 grand prize awards they'll be giving out. John Chen joins us covering the Sooners for the Athletic. He's been covering the Sooners for a while now, obviously. John, uh, would you consider the Sooner basketball season a disaster on the Titanic scale or the Hindenburg scale or what scale? Uh, it definitely is not Hindenburg because Hindenburg almost got all the way to the end. Uh, uh, <laughs> Titanic, uh, more like Titanic, yeah. Yeah, it's Hindenburg almost got oh, the Hindenburg was about what forty five minutes from everything yes, going all right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, you're saying they hit the iceberg. When did Oklahoma hit the iceberg? That's the question. And we thought after the now, we didn't think the ship was going to sink after the victory over Alabama, but since then it's been uh, it's been tough uh, going for the OU basketball team. So Porter Moser uh, this year again is you know I think it's the first time since 1965 that OU football and OU basketball will have a, a losing record in the same season. How much is the heat going to be turned up on Porter Moser next year? Uh, he will. He, sh- he should enter the year probably on the hottest of seats in college basketball because OU is not a place where you miss the tournament for two years straight. And, you know, you could also make a pretty strong argument that year two is definitely not a year where you want to regress. And they've they've absolutely regressed. So I, I I don't, you know, I'm one of those that look if, if for some reason if you can work out a deal and he'll go to Notre Dame, I think it would be best for all parties for that to happen. But I don't. There's no way he's not on the hottest of hot seats next year. Okay, so John, as you look at what this Oklahoma basketball team has done and or hasn't done this season versus last year, how much do you chalk it up to inferior personnel compared to what Moser had at his disposal last year? And how much do you chalk it up to just the scheme and the system and the philosophy not really taking root yet at Oklahoma? Well, okay, here's what I chalk it up to. And I, I, I am a guy that thought that was maybe the best hire Joe Castiglione had ever made in any sport when it was made. But the way – of the transfer portal, the way Mosier won at Loyola was you get a class. You let those guys build over four years. Nobody's leaving. You get to build these teams. And then, you know, after three or four years together, you you have a team capable of winning 30 games. You're not going to be able to do that in major college basketball anywhere. Guys are not going to sit on the bench for two and a half, three years anywhere. It's just not going to happen. I think it's just a deal of his – you have to and, – and, you know, another deal in just sports in general, 
if your if your model can't be altered or you as a coach can't can't shift things around because nothing is ever going to stay the same. You have to OU has to be able to play, be a place where you can recruit, you can develop, but you also are going to be in a position where you're going to have to take in a lot of transfers. There's just no other way around that. And if and if you can't incorporate that model, it's just not going to succeed. John Chin, our guest, covering the Sooners for the Athletic. Let's move on to football. Uh, anything stand out to you about what Brent had to say last week, or any of the portal guys or newcomers? Um. Well, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the Billy Bowman stuff, and just how close he actually was to that him him being at Oregon right now. But Peyton Bowen, Peyton Bowen, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Peyton Bowen. But other than that, you know, just surprised that, you know, we get to talk to those guys in that open a setting. It's just something that hadn't been associated with OU football probably since the Barry Switzer days. I mean, that that's that's how rare that that really was that you could just sit there and ask those guys anything for about a 20 minute period, and they pretty much answered everything. There wasn't. A lot of coach speak coming out of those players last week. Now, John, heading into spring ball for Oklahoma, it would seem that one of the biggest questions that needs to be answered is who can the Sooners trust at the wide receiver position? They bring back Jalil Farouk. They bring back Drake Stoops. No one else returning to this roster caught more than three passes in a Sooner (laughs) uniform last season. So who do you have your eye on and who you got your money on in terms of the guys that are going to emerge alongside Stoops and Farouk as the preeminent threats in the passing game for Dylan Gabriel? Well, I would assume, you know, the receivers, the two receivers they brought in last year, the big guys on the outside, you know, Anderson and what the, the other, the other kid from Florida, J- Jaden Gibson. Yeah. 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 That's that's what you assume. That's what I assume there. You I would always assume a guy that's been in the program a full year as a freshman Okay, now here's your chance to shine. You know, but the one of the other deals I kind of wonder about is the success they had running the ball against Florida State in the bowl game. Does this really want to be an offense that throws it 35, 40 times? I'm not sure it does. I think, I think, you know, I, I think if you ask Jeff Levy when they're at their most successful rate, they're probably only putting it in the air about 25 times next year if everything's going well. They're, you know, they're spreading you out and running it down your throat. And I think that would be, I think that's the offense they're wanting to create. John Chin, our guest, Riverwind Casino Hotline, covering the Sooners for the Athletic. All right, uh, we we got the announcement again recently that the Sooners and uh, Texas are heading to the SEC in 2024. Uh, you know, last year obviously was not the the start that Brent wanted. Uh, you know, his first campaign at Oklahoma, they brought in 37 newcomers when you consider the recruiting mm-hmm. class in the portal. And like we said earlier, there might be a few more portal additions after spring uh, because there's another portal window. But uh, yeah. what is paramount, you think, for the Sooners this coming season to really get accomplished to be more ready for the SEC in 2024? Well, they, they have to get better at the line of scrimmage because that's ultimately what decides everything in the SEC. You have you have to be able to win that, and if you're not if you're not winning that, you know, nine out of ten games in the Big Twelve, you know, you're not going to win it consistently in the SEC either. So I, I think that that is the biggest thing I want to see out at OU. Can they, 
you know, can they get better in the offensive and defense? Offensive line, I don't think they're that far off. I mean, last year was a down year, but I, I, I don't have any doubt that that can change in a hurry. Defensively, I like that they're starting to get some depth. I, you know, you're not going to have to worry about a defensive tackle or a defensive end trying to play 70 snaps a game next year. And, but that, that is where I think the biggest improvements need to make. And the other deals you guys were talking about secondary earlier. I mean, it's, you need to be above average in every level of your defense. You don't have to be great, but there's three levels to a defense and you need to be at least good on every level of it. If you really want if you really want to be a good defense, and it helps if you're an elite in one of them. John, good stuff. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much, and we will uh, talk to you again soon. Thanks. All right. Talk to you guys later. John Shen covering the Sooners for The Athletic, joining us here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-651-3439. Why don't we uh, go ahead and break right here? We're real close to the break anyway. Want to stay on schedule, and that will leave more – time for you guys to let us know what you're thinking on the air coverage solutions text line at 405-651-3439 405-651-3439 i remember this song from the movie the warriors back in the day can you dig it sorry we'll be right back You know, we're trying to help you lead a better life around here, right? That's what we try and do, give life advice as well, because, well, I've been around, I'm as old as Methuselah now. Parker's got young life advice. I've got old advice for you. Here, you know, we've had provided. We've got both demographics covered, both major demographics, young people and old people. That's exactly right. We've given you, like, uh, don't order food in the Sonic drive-thru. Major violation. You're not living rights. Or just don't order food at Sonic. That's also acceptable. But definitely don't do it in the drive-thru. And yesterday we talked about don't talk to a pooper. Again, I saw a dude outside a, a door where somebody was in in a seated position. And he's like, Bill, that sales contract's on your desk. Okay, sounds good. You know, and then <laughs> I think you'll be able to hit your goals if you pull this one off. Don't talk to a pooper, all right? Don't do that. Also, don't drive in the right lane and come to a stoplight and not turn right on red. If you're not going to turn right on red, get in the left lane. If you're going straight, unless it says no right on red, go right on red, Myrtle! Don't sit there. Or one of these super punky, sweaty kids sitting there looking at their phones or whatever. Go right on red. Time is a valuable commodity. None of us have enough of it. Of those three, which is the biggest lesson to learn? Probably don't talk to a pooper. I love how anytime it's a conversation regarding driving, it's always Myrtle. Myrtle is always the shining example of what not to be. Well, you know how Myrtle is. She drives in the left lane. Bless her heart. I'm sure she makes a great lemon meringue pie or whatever for the people at Thanksgiving. But you can't drive 35 miles an hour in the left lane either. Is lemon meringue pie acceptable at Thanksgiving? No, that not feels, really. That's a bad feels example. very summery. Probably makes a pecan pie. There you go. Because Oklahomans, a lot of them say pecan which, over pecan. Which, why? Because they're Okies. What's always, what's always bugged me about pecan is that 
I very seldom in the English language do you have two adjacent syllables that are both emphasized. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would either be like it naturally the way it would flow to me would be pecan or pecan or. You could just say it like a normal person and go with pecan. That pecan pie. Cut me up, slice that pecan pie, will you, Mabel? No. So, uh, yeah, anyway. I, t- I tell you what, my grandfather is, well, I th- he turned 80 last year. Uh, he's big on the pecan pie. I've never met anybody else that likes pecan pie, but he loves it. Wait a minute. Somebody texted me. My spouse talks to me while I'm. Seated on the throne. Okay, well. That, no. Not an apples to apples comparison. I'm set, but no, there is I, no, no way. I My goal is to nobody, and I mean nobody, that I've been married to has ever seen me in a seated position in the bathroom. Now, I concur. Or even a standing position, because I'll tell you what, I'll go in there and I'll lock the door. It's like I'm, like I'm going into a safe. And I'm running the heater, and I'm turning on, well, not all the time, turning on the shower. I'm at least turning on the running water. There is no way that somebody that I love and respect, like my lovely wife Shay, is going to hear some explosion coming out of my backside, ever. I Bordering on overkill there, but uh, Gunny, <laughs> Gunny of Stutzman Army did say, a spouse is acceptable. It's, it, you know, case by case basis. I mean, I, I guess like. if you guys but think that I, acceptable, jeez. I, I am with you, Steely. Let's eradicate all conversations that occur while one party is defecating. I try to keep my stench away from everybody on the planet. All right? I'm just saying, and you should as well. That's just my opinion. But it's creepy to me. That if your spouse is like washing their face or something and you're sitting on the toilet doing your business, I don't know. That's a, that's the underrated psycho right there. Gunny of Stutzman Army says you can't poop in front of the old lady, but you'll wear lavender. Yes, Gunny. Exactly. Glad we're on the same page there. Uh, from the 405, your sonic idea does not work in Tuttle. If you go to the drive-in and Tuttle, you will sit there an absurd amount of time, and inevitably they will mess up your order. If you go through the drive-thru, you'll get your order a lot faster, and the odds of messing it up are a lot less our Sonic and Tuttle has their own Facebook page. There's nothing positive about it, but there's only three places in Tuttle to eat. Okay, wow. so Tuttle uh, Sonic just randomly catching strays on a Thursday. There he goes. Well, I guess it's 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 all about you know what your Sonic situation is like. But I'm just saying, in most situations, in a big city environment, and Tuttle is a fine place, but it's really not that acceptable. It's it's not considered good form to order a bunch of food in the drive-through. If it's a really busy Sonic, that usually is reserved for drinks, in my opinion. We I don't know you- if I've ever gone through the drive-thru at, at Sonic. I think I've always just pulled into one of the yeah. drive-in stalls. Here's the thing. If you're going to go to a drive-in and you are local to the Norman area, you just go to Classic 50s. Why mess around with Sonic. When you can just swing into classic 50s. That used to be a Sonic, of course, way back in the day. I mean, it was kind of like the days of American Graffiti. We would cruise Lindsay Street and pop through Sonic all the time. That's how cool we were. 
All right, that's a crappy time to have a conversation. No one should ever hear the plop. Good job, Steve. These are the important conversations how, that how need to be had. How have we ended up having this conversation twice in the <laughs> yeah. same week? This is off-season radio, we're folks. Tr- we're trying to teach valuable lessons. You know, if they would do away with this dead period in recruiting, there wouldn't be any talk of these bathroom splashdowns and stuff like that. That's very true. No off-season. That's right. No dead periods. <laughs> That's right. The coaches are thinking, oh, my gosh, thank goodness it's a dead period, I'm sure. Did you see Florida just lost, like, half their staff to the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, was it that many? Yeah. Wow. They had the wide receivers coach leave. They had the tight ends coach leave. They had the co-DC and safeties coach leave. Yeah, the Cardinals came in and raided Florida staff. But to that point, a lot of college coaches, if they can make the move to the NFL – Starting to look hard and heavy at doing that. What's that mean for DJ Lagway? Nothing. Because the offensive people are still there, right? Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, okay. There you go. Uh, let's see. Sugar Shane in Newcastle to wrap it up here for hour number one. Uh, sad pecan story. Good content. In fourth grade, my teacher had the word bacon on the board and asked us to write a five-paragraph essay on it. I read it as... Bacon. Bacon. As in pecan. And I still haven't been as embarrassed to date. I blame my family's harsh accents. Bacon. A, a bacon and... Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese. Yes. That's right. The king of breakfast sandwiches. That's the one thing, like, I... I don't know if there are a few things that we can agree on as a society and come to a consensus on, but the bacon, egg, and cheese being the king of breakfast sandwiches, I would say that's as close as we're going to get I'm to a going, total consensus. I'm going with sausage uh, number oh, six no. at McDonald's, sausage, egg, and cheese, McGriddles for me. All right, Steely gets there at 9 a.m. and ends up with number two talk. Hilarious. <laughs> I apologize. We're just trying to make sure we set America's youth straight here. That's all we're trying to do. <laughs> I, I didn't write that down on my ledger today, but, yes, we went there. All right. Thank you to Last Year Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring hour number one. We've got a second hour ahead, including uh, Cade McFarland, more Sooner football conversation. Keep it here. I was talking to the boss lady, and she's uh, Casey. The vineyards are, uh, that's an example of good ownership. What's a really bad example of ownership? Daniel Snyder. Back in the day, Marge Schott in Cincinnati. James Dolan. With the Knicks, yes. It doesn't get much worse than James Dolan. It's good to have good local ownership. I was talking about this yesterday. The uh, You may have seen the donation that came in to Oklahoma baseball, half a million dollars from Tim Stevenson in memory of his dad, Robert Bob Stevenson, who played for the Sooners way back uh, in the day. And Bob was the owner, and Tim was part of this radio station back when I first started in the early 80s, when it was then KNOR. In fact, Tim did some Oklahoma baseball games. And uh, also was a broadcaster for the Oklahoma City 89ers. Really good guy. Bob Stevenson was about as good as it gets. And you saw that, uh, you know, Bob 
his family, they, they donated a million dollars. Tim's obviously part of that family, and Tim added a half million dollars. And uh, it was cool to see that because, again, I'm thinking about Tim Stevenson in the office right over here back in the day when it was KNOR Radio. So still giving back uh, to the community and to uh, Sooner Baseball. Uh, huge baseball guy, so that was cool to see. All right, 405-651-3439. Outside of Dylan Gabriel, who is the most important player for the Sooners next season? Most important player? Oh, gosh. there's not that. That's one of those questions where there's not necessarily a right answer. I think my answer is Jaron Kanick. Just because I think he's a guy that you need to take the next step. And we kind of expect that he's going to take the next step, right? But judging by how shallow Oklahoma was at linebacker last year by virtue of inexperience, how reticent Brent Venables was to deploy his freshman and Kobe McKenzie and Kip Lewis, I think what you need is you need a guy that can slot into that third linebacker spot alongside Danny Stutzman and Desan McCullough and be a stud. And be reliable and be a guy that, well, you maybe don't have to play him for 90% of the snaps. You can be a guy that you know when he's on the field, nothing's getting past him. And if the linebacker core takes a step up, both production wise and just in terms of their overall ability to contain in 2023, I think that bodes well for Oklahoma's defense as a whole and is going to make things easier at each of the other two levels naturally um but if if Canick doesn't take that next step for whatever reason who can you trust at linebacker outside of McCullough and Stutzman that's why I wonder or that's why I, I guess I would posit that Canick is most important in 2023 when you're looking at the defensive side of the ball in particular because I'm confident in the secondary I think there are enough bodies on the defensive line that four guys are going to emerge, regardless of who those four may be. To me, it's all about whether Jaron Cannon can step in alongside Stutzman and McCullough and be a third linebacker that you can count on. James Skowski joining the staff for OU as yeah, a defensive right. analyst. Uh, do we overlook that a little bit? He was a heck of a player for Brent uh, at Clemson, there's no doubt. I had no idea that his dad was on the OU roster in uh, – Back in the uh, early '80s, I think it was 1983, but Skowski was—he uh, was a really good player, man, a defensive leader for them. And how many uh, how many analysts does Brent have now? I would—I wonder in that office how many people are walking around now. He's got a—he's got a staff there, no doubt. It's a lot of human beings, but. Uh, you know, and another guy that I think is important to still have around is uh, Thad Turnipseed, because wherever he's gone, he has helped, uh, you know, programs get to another level. And, uh, you know, Alabama's easier than some places. Yes, Oklahoma's in the same ballpark. They're not doing what Alabama's doing right now, but historically the Sooners are a blue blood program. And, you know, I think his vision helps as well. So... It's going to be very interesting to see how drastic the improvement is this year. Because I think it's going to be an improvement. I mean, it's it's got to be an improvement. There's no doubt. But um, 37 
new players coming in. Do you think uh, if the Sooners are going to add somebody else in the portal after spring, where do you think it would be? Maybe wide receiver still? I would say wide receiver is probably I, – gosh, I, don't, I, I really don't know. I think it depends on whether they lose somebody after spring gets over. I could see them making a play for another wide receiver. But they're full at tight end. They're pretty full on both offensive line and defensive line. They got 10 scholarship linebackers. Secondary looks good. To me, yeah, it almost has to be wide receiver if you're going to add another body unless you lose somebody, which I think is a possibility. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting because some of these guys who haven't played yet, and they're thinking, all right, let's see how we fare in spring ball where we're going to be on the depth chart, and then they make a decision. So, um, you know, it was kind of a telling uh, – it's not necessarily a stat, but the trend of guys who played at OU or guys who, you know, at least saw a little bit of time, not many of those guys who left saw, you know – themselves landing at power five schools the Oise, right um evers nick evers and uh defensive end who went to arizona state I'm clayton smith clayton smith and i think that's it right i believe that is it wow clayton smith you know um when clayton smith signed there was a lot of hype there no doubt and he, he just never quite worked out for him no, didn't but sooner fans are in love with jaron canick and his potential and it, where did that start was it his highlight tape when he ran over like 75 guys or when he you know people were excited that it looked like you know um if there was some way he could get to oklahoma or, or he basically said i'm coming you don't have to offer me kind of deal where did all the hype start for him I think it started with the knowledge that he was Brent's guy yeah and the one guy that followed Brent from Clemson the one guy that was devoted enough to Brent Venables that he was going to make a way for himself to get to Oklahoma by hook or by crook and I think with that knowledge people then turned back around in retrospect and saw some of the highlights that he put up as a senior saw him run a 10 point Two two or whatever it was in the hundred meter dash, and decided, yeah, we like this guy. Glad he's around. Yeah, and and I think uh, again, um, you know, last year he had some moments. There's no doubt, no doubt about it. But you would think, uh, you know, another year in the defensive playbook and, and going through the drills and everything, that it could be a breakout year for Jaron Canick. From the four oh five, don't slip. Don't sleep, rather, on Kip Lewis. He stays in Rufus Alexander's hip pocket. Yeah, Rufus, another defensive analyst, former great Sooner linebacker as well. Um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, He's got to get bigger, though. And Brent even mentioned that last Thursday at the media sessions. He said, yeah, Kip came in at like 196 pounds and didn't really add any weight. So, got to get him bulked up. From the 405, my love for Canick started because he was coming with Brent no matter what, and he can play. It's Both of those things are pretty, true. Pretty well stated right there, yes. All right, it is the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Our second hour also brought to you by 
The Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72 in Paul's Valley. If you're looking for a car, a truck, an SUV, maybe you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle. They always have a tremendous selection. They're always finding the best uh, pre-owned vehicles out there, and they'll make you a great guarantee after the sale. Seth's guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. How's the White Buffalo running? It's holding up, man. Haven't had any issues with it yet. Has the Taurus been dropped off at Pull Apart or anywhere? Or is the Taurus still out there somewhere? I, I do not know. It should have been I don't sent know what's to the, become of it. It should have been sent to one of the, where's the Cadillac place at where they have the half-buried Cadillacs when you're heading out on I-40 West? Is that near on the Amarillo or somewhere? I'm trying to remember. I do not know. They should make a Taurus graveyard like that where you can go by and pay homage to the uh, to the old Taurus. Somebody on the text line said, I think Kanick has amazing potential, but I keep hearing that he's going to have run it inside backer. If he's going to be inside, I'd like to see him put on another 10, 15 pounds and be a real thumper or else play him outside or at Cheetah. Look, I Jaron Kanick already is a real thumper. Let's just get that clear. That dude can thump. And he's more than capable of playing Cheetah. He's plenty fast enough. So we're talking about a 4-4 guy who's also six foot three, 230, 235 pounds. So he's a thumper. He's fast enough to play Cheetah. That's what makes him such a valuable cog and such a high-ceiling player is that for what he can do at his size, the speed and athleticism that he boasts with that frame and that ability to come downhill – and arrive at the point of contact with a ton of force, there's not another player on Oklahoma's roster quite like Jaron Kanick that has those that has that particular blend of skills. You know, and Cheetah's going to be fascinating because there's been talk about, again, Desan McCullough, Peyton Bowen, Jaron Kanick. I mean, we're talking about players, again, that we've already seen what uh, McCullough can do, you know. He's put up great numbers, freshman All-American. We know that Peyton Bowen is a special player. Jaron Kanick looks to be in that same um, mold. Um, it looks like they're going to try multiple guys there. McCullough would be, what, a 6'5 guy playing there? 6'5", 235. Yeah. Large individual. Um, oh, gosh, I, I, I had another text on the text line that I wanted to get to. The Nebraska game for Kanick seems like every time he – steps on the field he's making plays or around the ball uh when you think about the various aspects in which you can deploy jaron canick defensively that's that's really kind of the head scratcher for a lot of people looking back to 2022 is with as gassed as oklahoma was at linebacker at times and with canick's versatility why did he not see the field more than he did but I also think he's a guy that, look, I know this for a fact. Venables expects a lot from Jaron Kanick and is harder on him than just about anybody on his defense because he realizes how great Kanick can be. And so with an additional offseason to improve his cognitive functionality within the system at linebacker for Brent, I, I am one of those that believes Kanick comes out in 2023 and has a banner year. 
and alongside McCullough, alongside so. Stutzman, I can foresee that being one of the most dominant linebacker trios in the country. Yeah, talent-wise, certainly just raw ability. Uh, it looks like a heck of a trio, there's no doubt. From Sugar Shane to Newcastle as we go to break, is Ryan Hibble related to Nate Hibble? Yes, that's uh, Nate's brother. Uh, Nate, of course, former OU quarterback, conference championship, Big 12 uh, conference championship winning quarterback. Uh Nate Hibble and uh, Nate went on uh, after football to become a big, uh, highly successful restaurateur. And, of course, Ryan is one of the best coaches in all of college golf and has already won a national championship at Oklahoma, and they'll be in contention again this year. Um, Both of them good dudes, too. All right, stay with us. Break time right here. We have uh, Caden McFarland coming up on the Riverwind Casino Hotline at 135 here on this Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune on the ref. Yes, welcome back. Stone Temple Pilots. Man, there's another guy that we lost way too early, Scott Weiland, right? STP. Big fan. By the way, uh, shout out to one of our uh, listeners out there, Cheryl Bishop, if you're listening. She says, uh, Steely on Sports is on one today. I love it. Am I on one today? Man, I, I don't know that you're, you, you were on one yesterday. Mm-hmm. Today's kind of just been a day. Like I, I don't feel like you're on one more so than usual. Is that a good thing? I on to be on one generally means you're kind of off the rails. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like we've been off the I, rails today. I got end a of the off first the hour yesterday. got a, got a little wild. Oh, I was but. just saying that don't uh, poop in front of your spouse. That's all we were saying, or that's all I was saying. And Parker was like, "Oh my gosh, we're going there." And Velvet Revolver, that's right, guy. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I like it a lot. All right, uh, before we go back to the text line, I want to play this uh, clip from Russell Westbrook as his uh, introductory press conference as a member of the L.A. Clippers. Russ, since uh, leaving Oklahoma City, what, after the 2019 season, has been in Houston with the Wizards, the Lakers, and now the Clippers, 34 years old, uh, 15th season in the NBA and he leaves the Lakers to go across the street. Well, same building, obviously, uh, to play with the L.A. Clippers. And here is what Russ said about staying in L.A. and now being a member of the Clippers. I'm just excited to, to get back to playing. Uh, I love to play basketball, not just that, but love to have fun uh, while doing it. Um, and I get to stay home, uh, see the wife and the kids, and take them to school in the morning. That's a big part of my day. And, um, you know, nothing more important than that. And I'm happy to be here. So. I think that's a that's a huge part, man, for anybody, any normal human being in any situation in the workplace and somebody that uh, a lot of teammates and people that want you here is uh, very important. Um, to me, I, I value that a lot, just uh, being in this league a long time and being somewhere that people want you and they embrace you, and um, that meant a lot to me. So uh, the dialogue is just about winning, regardless of kind of what's said in between that. doesn't really matter. I think the most important part is – uh, the ultimate goal is to win a championship. There you go. So is uh, Russ Captain Ahab now chasing his white whale? Yes. A championship yes. ring? Yes, that's what he's been for the last five years. Would you like to see Russ win an NBA title? I do not care. Would the Thunder fans like to see Russ win an NBA title? I think most of the Thunder fans, probably about 80% of them would, if not more than that, right? But it's almost like retroactively we've gone back and said, oh, Russ, geez, 
Russell Westbrook, please. Now, I will say this. Russ is, um, he's not always the best chess piece, you know, when you're trying to uh, develop your chemistry. Now, he's played with Paul George before, knows PG very well, and they were close, obviously. We'll see what happens with Kawhi. Can they stay healthy? Maybe they could re- make a run at the, re- at the Western Conference, uh, you know, and get to the finals. I don't know. I, I doubt it. Their odds in Vegas actually went up after Russell Westbrook signed uh, with the Clippers. Russell Westbrook will forever be a Thunder legend. Yell at me if you want. No, I look, to me, Russ, yes. Uh, is the most beloved player in Thunder history still. And, and then, you know, you talk about others who are. Uh, Kevin Durant would have been, but he chose a different path. Um, Steven Adams is one. Nick Collison is one. I think uh, this group now, you're going to have some, you know, I think fans are falling in love with this team again right now because of uh, Josh Giddy and, and Shea, and they love J-Dub, Jalen Williams. Parker, when we had uh, Brandon Rabari on yesterday, asked an interesting question, you know, um, Trey Young, what if there was an availability for him to come back to Oklahoma City? And would that be cool? Yes. But I just don't know if you want to mess with this chemistry because I think Trey Young is too ball dominant. You know what I mean? Um, So I don't even know if Thunder fans would want to see that, to be honest. And I'm not saying they don't like Trey and don't think he's a great player and all of that. But I would be curious to see if Thunder fans would want to add, you know, if they had the chance to add Trey Young somehow, if they would want to throw Trey in this mix. He might be a little bit like Russ. He's always going to put up great numbers. Uh, He's always going to make fascinating plays. Uh, But um, I don't know if he's always the best team fit. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. So anyway, but that's fair. You know, you got Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, to, and he he's averaging over thirty points a game this year for the Thunder. So if you don't want to throw Trey Young into the picture and mess with the future of your backcourt, I guess I understand that. And I think Giddy is such a great, well-rounded team player, and uh, Jalen Williams, J Dub is is turning out to be one of Sam Presti's best ever draft picks. He's had a fantastic rookie season, like I said. Uh, Paulo Bancaro would be number one. A lot of people would say uh, the number two rookie would be between Benedict Matherin and uh, Jalen Williams, J-Dub. All right, 405-651-3439. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would work out financially either. But Buddy Heald coming in, yeah, he'd be, Buddy be a great fit anywhere because he spreads the floor and is a great knockdown shooter. This year, all he did, Parker, was break Reggie Miller's single-season record for threes made by an Indiana Pacer. Buddy Hield. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. All right, 405-651-3439. Is there anyone who doesn't immediately think of the Houston fiasco every time Steely says Nate Hibble? Have you watched the full video of the Houston fiasco? Oh, tr- believe me, I've watched the whole video, yes. What, what is your overall take as a critic of that excerpt on YouTube of the Houston fiasco? Mm. I I was I kept waiting for you to insert yourself and it just didn't really happen. You were just kind of sitting there watching I, the world I, burn. I know it's you know I I was too wimpy to jump in. I guess at that time I just thought this you know I I can try and extend the olive branch and they're going to take the olive branch and snap it in half. But again, my favorite part of that whole video 
was on Channel 5, Doug Gottlieb saying, leave it to Channel 5 to get the story wrong. And then he was never again on Channel 5. It was one of the uh, the great moments in uh, television broadcast history. I'm trying to think. Uh, again, what cracked me up is I didn't know like 10 years ago. That was so long ago. Uh, but somebody said, have you seen the Houston fiascos on YouTube? And literally that's what the uh, it's labeled on, on YouTube. Houston fiasco. You can find it. Fiasco is a good word. It should be used more, don't you think? You like? I the, use it plenty. Do you? Oh yeah. Like the Sooner basketball season hasn't been a fiasco. No, it's been a debacle. A debacle probably yeah. is a more fitting word for this season. I would agree. I concur there. Yeah, fiasco doesn't quite do it justice. Debacle is probably the best current descriptor. We're verging on motorcycle accident territory. The uh, what about the fiasco happened in the Cotton Bowl, right? That was a fiasco. Yeah, no, not even motorcycle wreck does that justice. Yeah, so that was an abomination. Can you explain the Houston fiasco? We were at uh, what was then. I'm trying to think what the name of the stadium was in Houston. At Reliant. The time. Reliant at the time, and OU had beaten Colorado in the Big Twelve Championship game. And we had a crew back at the Bricktown Brewery, the Hump Man, Jim Traber, Doug Gottlieb. I was there with Al. And uh, we had uh, Ron Terrell, I believe, was there. Um, I'm trying to remember if Curtis was there. And anyway, so uh, the Ultimates uh, statement was, guy didn't do anything to help him win, Big Al, you know, that kind of thing. And now, oh, Jim, you're wrong. You're wrong. He just won a Big 12 championship, you know, that kind of thing. And it just exploded <laughs> into this giant plume of smoke and fire, and it continued on. So, anyway. Steely, it's not that you weren't enough in it to extend the olive branch. I just think no one talked to you on the pooper. It changes people's attitude after it happens. May I don't know. I don't know, but that was, I remember, all I remember was Al on our way back to the car. And, I, you know, the statute of limitations have, has run out now. But, yes. Uh, guys, we get back. we got to get a story straight, all right? So, there was some uh, collusion going on at the time. We were racketeering. What, what story did you need to get the straight? The story that he wanted it blamed on the people at the Bricktown Brewery and not us. So we were willing to make a deal, you know, to basically cover our tracks with a few little lies. So, and it worked. Just saying. Sometimes you got to racketeer people. You You're know still saying? on the air today. And so right. is he. So That's it all right. worked out. All right. We got to take a break right here. When we get back, Caden McFarland will join us. We've got more time for your tweets coming up as well. 405 651 34 39, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll be right back here on The Ref. Here we go. Back with you. Cade McFarland joins us. KJ, RH, TV sports director and big fan of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Now, what's going on there in South Bend, Caden? Are the are the Irish falling apart or what? Are they going to shut down the program soon? What is happening at Notre Dame? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, you can look. 
we run into this uh, pretty much any time a high-profile position comes open on a staff. Uh, you just feel like a real jerk uh, calling anybody a bad hire, right? Before he's called a play, saying that this this wasn't good enough. Um, so I'm I'm inclined to give the new offensive coordinator Jared Parker a chance. Uh, but yeah, when when you parade Andy Ludwig, the Utah offensive coordinator, has been around forever and done a lot with a little um, for the most part for for 20 years. When you parade him around campus and you know, he's on the Jumbotron at a hockey game and you don't close that deal. And the narrative is that uh, Notre Dame wasn't willing to pay. That That's not a good look. It's not supporting your head football coach. It, it's not big boy stuff. Um, but there's still a lot of good good pieces in place. And, you know, I said I, I thought of this just last night. I, I had mentioned a few weeks ago with you guys, and I think I articulated it poorly, but just it seemed like OU and Notre Dame were crossing paths on the recruiting trail a bit more. Um you know, OU taking a defensive lineman and Jacob, Jacob Lacey from Notre Dame and winning out on the Peyton Bowen sweepstakes. I know anybody and everybody would recruit Peyton Bowen, five-star kid. Uh, but with OU allowing media members to talk to 25, 26 guys last week, uh, the sense I got from everybody in attendance is just that almost every single one of those kids really passed the test in terms of where their head was at, what they had to say about this program, why they were there, what they had to say about Brent Venables. And it seems like Venables and his staff are taking a little bit different kid. Um, you know, and I always come back to the Notre Dame OU thing, and I'm sure it drives people crazy. But if you look, go back to 2017, no two programs are closer in terms of wins and losses and what they've accomplished, generally speaking. But they do it in very different ways. Notre Dame has never had a more talented roster than OU since 2017, in my opinion. But they got a, they've gotten every bit as much out, out of their roster, a little bit more out of the talent they have, than I think even OU has in that time, as great as Lincoln Riley was calling plays. And I, I, think, I think Brent Venable uh, it wasn't great on the field last year in terms of game management. But I love everything he's doing in terms of the way he's building this thing. And he's not just looking for the measurable but he really wants a certain kind of kid, and I, I would say usually an aggressive kid, a, a kid who is football smart. I think there have been some guys who looked apart in Norman in recent years, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but they don't necessarily know the game or love the game, and I get the sense that Venables, in short order, has turned this roster over uh, and with a whole bunch of guys who know the game and love the game. So it, even though it wasn't great on the field last year, man, I, I – the more you hear from him and, and the kids he's bringing into this program, the better I feel about the, the future of it. Now, Caden, on that note, you think about what Venables is building at Oklahoma, and you mentioned a specific type of kid, specific type of player, implementing a vision, implementing a culture. There were several things that held Oklahoma back last year and caused a lot of people to develop some skepticism about the future at Oklahoma. That said, I thought it was interesting. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, Brent Venables seemed somewhat apprehensive last Thursday when he was asked about his linebacker room. His assertion in yeah. so many words was, man, I really hope we don't lose any one of these guys to injury because we can't really afford to. So uh, what's yeah. what do you make of that? Brent Venables maybe being a little less confident in linebacker depth than the rest of the general public appears to be. Yeah, look, I know that they have been picky, and they can afford to be picky because they're OU with regard to what they've – done in the portal but don't you think they have to get not just one but probably two post-spring transfer portal additions 
at linebacker. The numbers are just – they frighten you. Uh, and we've, we've seen this before in Norman with Brent Venables. I, I, that, that 2018 was good enough to beat Texas that day in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, linebacker gets hurt and goes out, and the guy who comes in was just a little bit lost, and it felt like Texas was running the same play over and over again. Uh, Cole McCoy to Jordan Shipley right over the middle. Uh, it seems to me that that is just such an incredibly important position with the way Brent Venables coaches and, and calls defenses. Uh, he needs the right guys in there, but obviously you need depth just in case. Um, so, yeah, that, that's certainly – to me – Without question, there's got to be somebody post-spring that's an addition. Not that I know that for sure, and I don't even know that that's exactly what he was hinting at, but to me they've got to add somebody because the depth just isn't uh, – it's not ideal. Kate McFarland, our guest on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, give me a couple minutes uh, on let's, – let's start with Oklahoma basketball and what's happened to Porter Moser and company, and then I want, to, want you to switch and tell us, uh, you know, Paul Mills has done a great job at ORU. Uh, Max Azemus again. He's been there, it seems like, forever now. I know you've got O'Banner still playing at Texas Tech, but uh, let's start with Oklahoma. What's gone wrong, and how could this ORU team be another team that makes another surprise run like the one that did a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, it depends on the draw. But uh, with, with regard to the Sooners, the die was cast, I think, early in the year. I, I didn't necessarily see it that way. I don't know how many of us did. Um, They've lost a whole bunch of close games, obviously, and if those go the other way, we are talking about a different kind of season. But at the end of the day, this is not a team equipped to compete in this Big 12. I mean, this is top to bottom, as good a college basketball conference as there's probably ever been. Maybe a couple of the Big East conferences from the 80s or something might have an argument. But generally speaking, there is just no such thing as an off night. Uh, And there has not been the right mix of, of athleticism and skill. And, you know, look, this is a team that should be able to make shots, or at least coming into the season, that's what I thought of them. And, it, I mean, that's what let them down, you know, in the most recent loss to Texas Tech, which was, you know, for so many of the good things that they did over the course of the night, uh, should have given them a chance. Could have, could have been a, a huge win uh, for the Sooners. And they've just, it seems like, every time come up on the short end. And so that's a roster that has to be made over. Uh, luckily, that can happen with the transfer portal. I don't, you know, I know that, I think Porter Moser is a guy who wants to build a culture, build a team, have third and fourth year guys that he's relying on. But uh, he's he's going to have to. There's going to have to be an infusion of talent, uh, no doubt in my mind. Um, with regard to ORU, Paul Mills, it, look, it's impossible. He he's been incredibly impressive. I love that he's come from that Baylor coaching tree. Drew continues to be great. Tang at Kansas State now doing big things. I think they've got some sort of magic formula, but. For two years, it was awful. And then he got Max Aismas, and everything changed. I mean, this is an all-time great in this program, and it's really cool uh, to come now down the stretch. His final two regular season games this week and the next week, the conference tournament, and then who knows beyond that. Like, you know that this guy's going to finish with more than 2,500 points scored in his career. Uh, he's going to be a guy who has a real shot at playing in the NBA and certainly is going to play pro ball for a long time. He has meant so much to this program. When he showed up, Nobody was in the maybe center for ORU games, and I think the attendance was near 6,000 a night this year, and it was much more than that in a lot of games coming down the stretch. Uh, this school owes him a bunch, and uh, everybody certainly who cares about ORU basketball in this town 
uh, has an appreciation for him and, and hopefully is enjoying this, you know, as we go down the stretch. And if, if you've got that guy and you've got, by the numbers, one of the best offenses in the country, an offense that knows what a good shot is and seems to find one on almost every possession, you've got a shot in March. It'll depend upon, you know, the draw. But we didn't think Ohio State in a 215 game was a good draw uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, it's, it's certainly, I wouldn't bet on them making a sweet 16 necessarily, but if they're a 12 or 13, man, I, I, I think that there are a lot of draws out there that could be favorable to ORU. It, it should be a fun next few weeks. Caden, before we let you go, last question. What does Porter Moser have to do? Obviously, this Oklahoma basketball season to lost cause at this point. The Sooners are not making the tournament. Uh, they're probably not going to do much, if anything, in the Big 12 tournament. But what does Porter Moser have to do throughout the offseason, whether via the transfer portal or other means, in order to get people feeling optimistic about where this team could be headed in year three? Well, it's got to be that. A couple of big additions, I think, in the portal guys that can play right away. Certainly some some size, right? I mean, you need somebody down low. That's a must. Uh, but I, I think you need a dynamic player along the lines of, you know, what you brought in with Sherfield. Um, yeah, you need both of those things, I, I think, immediately. Uh, the high school recruiting has to – there's got to be an uptick. It's got to be closer to what those guys are doing in Stillwater. Uh, that's going forward. But uh, I, don't, I don't know that there's anything that can be done in the off season. You know, like – Venables is in a different situation. Six and seven is going to stick in the claw of everybody for a while now. But he, he's, he's coming from a, a position of real strength. And OU, what they were able to do in the portal, and obviously a top-five recruiting class, that does infuse a bunch of optimism. To me, all, all Moser can do is give it the old college try, do his very best, and bring in some size and try you know one dynamic playmaker that at least gives a little bit of hope. But I, I don't think there's any way that I'm going to go into next season as we sit here now um, feeling really good about the future of this program. You know, I, I, I'm just hoping he proves me wrong. But I just, he's, he's not coming from the same position of strength as Venables because OU basketball isn't OU football. Uh, people have won there for a long time, but it's just a different deal. Uh, but, yeah, he's going he's gonna to have to recruit his butt off, uh, and especially the portal's going to have to be part of that. No doubt. Hey, Good stuff. Thank you, Caden. We appreciate your time as usual. We'll talk to you again soon. You bet, boys. Thank you. Caden McFarland joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Quick break right here. We'll get uh, to some texts when we get back. Have some final notes for you. We're going to get locked in at 2 o'clock with Parker and uh, Tyler McComas. We appreciate you being here with us. Steel Man and Thune right here in the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Okay, welcome back. One more segment for you here on this uh, Thursday. Tomorrow we'll be out at Riverwind Casino for our uh, show out there. I will be there. And don't uh, forget, on uh, Saturday, big finale to the 75K Love to Get Away promotion. Uh, they gave away earlier this month, in the month of February, uh, three grand prize winners won uh, travel vouchers from Ray's Travel for $10,000 each. And on Saturday night, uh, the drawings begin at 7 o'clock. They'll last to 1130, the preliminary drawings, where they'll give away uh, basically $10,000 in cash and bonus play. All right. And then just before midnight, five grand prize winners will be chosen to win five thousand dollars in cash each that's a heck of a deal five grand prize winners 
$5,000 in cash each. You still have time to get out there, play with your wild card, get as many extra entries in there as you can, and get rewarded from our friends at Riverwind Casino. It's great to see Beats and Bites coming back March 27th. First show out will be, again, Blue Oyster Colts and a 38 special. Get your tickets. They're only 5 bucks Online right now at Riverwind.com. Just another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. You want to get a few more texts in before we get out of here? Sure. Let's see what they're saying on the text line. Okay. Uh, what's a good story from your WWLS days answering the phone on Al's show, or was it KTOK? Even back then, he was – okay, not, not going to keep reading that. Uh Anyway, good story from your WWLS days. You know, um, I remember uh, Al worked here. This place was WWLS really, really, you know, when it first started before they moved out to Indian Hills Road and now to Northwest Expressway. And I remember after doing Al's show, uh, you know, Spencer Tillman and I, when he went on vacation, would do the show together, which was kind of cool. But I remember listening to Al growing up. Um, and I remember he asked a trivia question, which Dallas Cowboys linebacker is a licensed florist, and you were going to get a trip to see the Cowboys play the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I just took a guess, and I was like, well, I, you know, you would have heard that if it was a regular linebacker, like on a broadcast. So I just called in and said Anthony Dickerson. He was kind of a guy who played a little bit. He said, uh, you're right, you're exactly right, you know. So my dad and I got a chance to go down – to watch, uh, you know, they were at Texas Stadium then. But the day before, we went to see SMU, the Pony Express, play Texas in um, Texas Stadium. And then oh. the next day, we got to see the Dolphins. We got put up in a nice, you know, the hotel and everything. Uh, so that was my first interact- interaction from uh, Al back in the day was winning his trivia contest and him sending me on a trip. <laughs> Thank you very much. But so anyway, there you go. 405-651-3439. That was all the way back in the old Southwest Conference. That's days. right. Yeah, absolutely it was. Yeah. And uh, Eric Dickerson was one of my favorite NFL players because I thought he was super cool. He nearly came to OU, but his mom said she didn't trust Barry Schwitzer. That's what I saw in the uh, uh, what was the name of the uh, NFL biographies? Uh, uh, I can't remember. But that was basically that was the story that was told again on that uh uh, football life, I think, was the name of the series. But Sealy Texas, he nearly came to OU, and I thought he was cool because he had the goggles. You know, I thought that was a cool look. Okay, four zero five six five one. Have you all wished Grill Boy a happy birthday? Is that Macari Vickers? No, that would be Travis Davidson. Oh, Grill Boy! I was thinking another kind of grill. I didn't know Tra- Travis's birthday today. Uh, apparently it is there yes. you go all right i didn't realize that my birthday and his are only a week apart but we got february cornered how about that he's been a good addition man he has been a good addition good guy uh great on social media really really been a good addition for us no doubt somebody on the text line quoted the one line that you had throughout the entirety of the houston fiasco which was something to the effect of you know who the bad quarterback was tonight was robert hodge that was it I was trying to deflect there, and I was right. I was a genius, but again, they kept arguing. So I just decided I was going to be Sweden that night, or Switzerland. Was it Sweden or Switzerland? Switzerland, right? Drake Dyken knows. I was a I was the neutral party. So, man, golly, that was a long time ago, a really long time ago. What twenty years now? Two whole decades? Like I said, I'm older than Methuselah. How old was Methuselah, by the way? 
Like 969 not, years old. 969. Hmm. Wow. I don't think my retirement fund will cover me for that long. So I'll, if I get to that age, I'll be pushing the, uh, I'll be greeting people at Walmart. That's probably what I'll be doing. All right. We want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for sponsoring our second hour. We're going to get locked in here in a minute uh, with Parker and Tyler McComas. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley. Great reputation. Great selection. Great guarantee at the Seth Wadley Auto Group. And don't forget, get out to Riverwind. Well, get out there whenever you can. But this Saturday night, if you've been playing with your wild card, you could win in the drawing one of those five $5,000 cash giveaways they're doing. And from 7 to 11.30 before they do the big drawing, they're giving away $10,000 in cash and bonus play. Always a great chance to win at Riverwind Casino. We, we love Riverwind, no doubt about it. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your Thursday. Let's get locked in up next here on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref.